When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Husker fans, welcome to episode 178 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we interview Pat Jansen from the Big Red Podcast, an irreverent Nebraska Cornhusker podcast. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their new website at cnbuffalo.com. Mike and I are here with Pat from the Cobcast. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, glad to be here with you guys. Hey, we're really excited to talk to you. Um, so you and I connected offline a little while ago and, and found out that uh, our podcast actually uh, started kind of close together and... Um, We've interacted a lot through social media over the last number of years, so uh, we were excited to just have you on the show and and hear a little about you and and you guys' podcast. And so, uh, yeah, why why don't you tell us a little about what uh, about yourself and what you guys are doing? All right. Well, yeah, we're uh, we're the Big Red Cobcast, not to be confused with several other similarly named podcasts, because there's the Go Big Redcast as well. We we came first. I will say that. Uh, compared to the Go Big Redcast, we uh, so the Big Red Cobcast, us, uh, we started. Uh, I want to say January 2014, but I didn't start until about until January of 2015, because uh, Ryan Tweedy and Joe Canale, the uh, the co-founders of it, uh, they started. They they were in LA, and I was uh, still on the East Coast. But Tweedy was saving a spot for me. He and I, uh, we go back to the fall of 2002. Uh, but so yeah, we're we're three comedians uh, in LA, but all with Nebraska ties. And Tweedy made the uh, documentary through these gates. Uh, okay, yeah. And he had <clears throat> he had all these connections from making that movie. He started that. He did that whole thing from scratch, which is really, really hard to do a documentary with, you know, basically starting from zero. But he he did it and did a hell of a job with it. But he had all these connections. But he also, the other part of it, too, was, you know, he's a comedian and he's got, and through these gates was a certain tone. uh, And he captured it very well. But he's he's got a little bit more of an acerbic side to him, too. And he wanted to capture that (laughs) sort of... Uh-huh. That that air of the fan that doesn't always get captured. So he and Joe started it up together, and they were doing like kind of comedy bits. And it, it's funny if you go back and listen to like episodes one through ten or or whatever of the Cobcast, it, it sounds dramatically different from now because uh, some of those things just didn't work and we're uh, and you know some things we've I mean we when you do something for over six years you find out what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. and 
and then we, you know, we've developed an audience, and through that, uh, you get a little bit more access to people too. Uh, you know, and so it's just it's. I don't know if we ever would have seen it going where it has, but it's gone where it has, and we we enjoy it. And it's what I like about it the most is that Joe and Tweety and I are all three like pretty dramatically different people. Um, like Tweety will say whatever, whenever, and part part of the reason we're back on coronation now is. Uh, there's one particular word that Dave Max would not let us say at uh, Oscar Max that, <laughs> okay. that is that is a particular part of his vocabulary, and uh, but I mean we have a good relationship with both Oscar Max and Coronation, uh, and then but yeah so you've got Tweety and then you've got Joe who. Uh, is chemically altered 99% of the time, and then there's me, the dork. Uh, so, like, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, that combination of those three personalities happens to work out pretty well. So there's quite the ecosystem of Husker podcasts out there, Husker mm-hmm. fan podcasts specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think your voice is? Like, what's your angle in all of that? Uh, so, whatever someone like Tweety or I or any of there's a we're we're Husker fans of a certain age and whenever we go to a game and it's a big moment and you want to stand up and yell and be loud and you've got a a blue hair sitting behind you yelling at you to sit down and be quiet uh, we are the people standing up in front of the blue hairs. Um, that, <laughs> okay. that that is basically that is what the big red cobcast is because you know I mean Husker football and just being a fan in general, like, yes, Husker fans are great, uh, particularly to other fan bases. We're not always great to each other, and we are, I mean, but Husker Husker football, like, requires a little bit of, like, a, a certain emotional investment and a certain level of volume that sometimes gets beaten out of us in, within our own fan base and we're the ones who just kind of want to be a little bit loud and have eight or twenty beers and uh, just you know I mean we all know Husker fans like that but for whatever reason like the public facing version of Husker fans we, we have to like deny ourselves that well and I think it's really interesting to note that on on Twitter right now, you're running your own like shadow uh, <laughs> Twitter competition to determine that you are the best uh, Husker media personality as your podcast is. Yeah, well, and the funny thing is, uh, Tweety loves Michael Severe, who uh, is putting on the Nebraska media tournament. Who doesn't uh, love Michael Severe? Yeah, well. Like I used to do media relations, and so when Tweety was uh, promoting through these gates, I got him on uh, Michael Severe's old Omaha World Herald uh, online talk show, and they just hit it off. But uh, but Tweety was like, "Hey, why why is it all old media?" And so um, yeah, so we basically just took the poll that Severe was running every time he put up. Uh, a new matchup, whether it was Aaron Sorensen versus Adam Carricker or Tom Sh- or uh, Nate Klaus versus John Johnston or wh- whoever, we would just 
duplicate that and add the the big red cobcast to it as well. And in the first round, <laughs> I love it. Uh, we we won uh, all but one of the thirty two initial matchups. So now the the round of thirty two includes uh, fifteen. Big Red Cobcast versus Big Red Cobcast matchups, and another <laughs> Big Red Cobcast versus Aaron Sorensen. She might take down all of the uh, Mr. Anderson version of the, the the Cobcast from the Matrix. She might take down all of us, but uh, but uh, I, it's almost made it more entertaining. So, man, you they started in 2014. You joined in in 2015. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of losses and uh, oh god how yeah. how is that uh, how's that been like I, I don't know as you think back on three hundred plus episodes I mean yeah we're what's that been like I think today was three oh four that we recorded uh, over the phone thanks to coronavirus um, it's uh, I don't know I mean it's always easier to do anything as a fan when the team is winning. Uh, but as far as like being a productive and like competitive podcast, it's in a weird way, like allowed us to get a leg up because we, um, because we keep grinding it out. I, I feel like a lot of people give up, um, when when things aren't good a lot of former players will start podcasts and give up halfway through the season <laughs> yeah yeah because it's uh it it's a bit of a slog but the, at least the advantage uh that we have is that we're um we're we're pretty good at being able to carry conversations that are i mean we're comedians uh, so that that helps us out a little bit, and then uh, yeah, we uh, we can roll with being yelled at by each other. <laughs> they do say that a lot of comedy comes from a dark place, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess the the soil is fertile for a, a Husker hmm. podcast with three comedians. <laughs> That's kind of syncs up with what I what I was going to ask, which is, do you guys like are you trying material on the show? Is that kind of part of the the goal of the show uh no i mean we've so so we went from over the years to uh basically putting no planning into it to having you know many production meetings beforehand but we don't really i mean it's pretty free-flowing we don't we don't really plan anything out beforehand in fact one of the best things for our podcast was when we started doing facebook live and periscope not just from a promotional standpoint but because it gives us a chance to talk to fans and listeners who are asking questions or saying things and sparking up conversation. We actively choose to do that before we record the podcast because it helps us kind of decide what's, what are relevant talking points for the actual podcast. Nice. Huh. That's cool. I've seen you guys doing that. I didn't, I didn't realize that that plan was in place. That's kind of sneaky. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, because, I mean, you, you try and think about things throughout the week as far as, you know, what's going to be relevant, what's a good thing to talk about, what's a good conversation topic. Because, you know, like, the news stuff, you know, can help drive conversation. You know, like, oh, this guy signed, or oh, we won, or oh, this guy's transferring. 
But ultimately, I mean, that kind of that kind of stuff ends up being surface level so that you can kind of figure out uh, a deeper conversation to, to have through it. Uh, that's beneficial, but, but if, if, and then you, you kind of stumble across those based on what you see people talking about or complaining about or worrying about, and you're like, oh, okay, that, that helps kind of just take a kernel of something and and form it into a, a fully fleshed out idea or just something else we can argue about. As you think back through the years and this I you know I didn't ask you this in advance so I don't expect you to have a quick answer but is there like an episode or an episodes or a, a time in history that you would point new listeners to to get a good sense of who you are and what you're doing or maybe you're one of your favorite episodes um hmm well I, I'll say I think I mean I, I like a lot of our interview episodes um but I, I think Hmm. So we've had a few with Charlie McBride, uh, which is some, he's someone who uh, Tweety talked to and got to know through the documentary. Um, But the, the last time we talked to him, um, it was the day of the central Florida Memphis uh, conference championship game right before Scott Frost became the Nebraska coach. And, we weren't. We just. We love Charlie, uh, and he's great, and he's always been good to us. Uh, and so we weren't trying to get him in anything. We just wanted to have a conversation uh, and just kind of ask, you know, about Scott Frost, the person, because we knew what was coming down the pike, even though it hadn't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was kind of interesting because you got a sense that Charlie didn't necessarily. I think he kind of underestimated what our uh, what our audience was because he kind of broke a couple things on there, uh, oh, yeah. including <laughs> including that like some of the things John Perella had been talking to him about during the season, and I th- I think Perella got a little bit he wasn't super happy about all that, and so we haven't unfortunately. I think it kind of threw Charlie off a little bit and we felt terrible about it and it wasn't a thing that we were trying to have happen, but it did make for a very, very interesting episode. Wow. Um, uh, anytime we have Grant Wistrom on, it's uh, always fun because he's a sucker for Wistrom Wednesday, so he's always going to love us. Um, well, I'm glad that you brought that up. Tell us, talk about, uh, tell us about Wistrom Wednesdays for uh, just, you know, Imagine that you're talking to a listener of ours who's not on Twitter. So, if you're familiar with uh, like Paul Bunyan legends or more relevant uh, like Chuck Norris jokes about how you know just kind of establishing what a man's man and a legend uh, he is, that's essentially all we were doing with Wistrom Wednesday facts. Um, I, I've done our social media for quite a while. I mean, all three of us have access to it, but I'm basically the one in charge of it. And, you know, you're just kind of searching for different things to, to have fun with. Uh, and so I just decided, uh, well, I think even when I was still doing social media for Tweety's documentary, I think that's when I initially came up with Wistrom Wednesday and I was doing different things with it. And until it eventually became, 
these sort of legendary facts. And uh, so we were doing it on the Cobcast and, you know, you do all these different weird things and you never know who's going to respond to them well and who's not. But Grant just loved them and was like retweeting them and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. He (laughs) doesn't find us weird for doing this. (laughs) And the first time we had him on, he... uh, I was like, hey, do we weird you out with these? And he's like, no, man, keep them coming. I don't know how you keep doing them. Uh, so, I, you know, like I say, you know, you when you're interacting with people who you've never met before but are all part of, like, the same, like, interest, you, you hope that the joke lands, but you never know. <laughs> uh, we've there tried are, a few. There are many times where... Justin has to explain my jokes for people to keep us from getting <laughs> angry emails or whatever. <laughs> well, so we've, had a, we've had a few that didn't necessarily land with Jason Peter. So <laughs> we've, uh, we've, we've said to Grant, Hey, can you just put in a good word for us with Jason? <laughs> and he's not uh, a guy who you want to be on his bad side. No. And Tweety interviewed Jason for the, uh, for the documentary. Um, but yeah, I think some things just don't translate uh, through Twitter sometimes. But I, but to to your other to your previous one, I think the other one I'm really really proud of, and the one that kind of put us on the map, was when we interviewed Taylor Martinez because he had been kind of radio silent since his uh, since his playing days were done, and. Uh, it had been clear that a few media members had been trying to get something going with him. And for whatever reason, I, I, I honestly don't know how we made this happen because uh, it's been long enough ago. I've just forgotten, but we got him on and, um, we were uh, up until the moment we got him on, we were afraid it was never going to happen. Mm. Well, we get him on and then uh, there's an issue. He, he, there were a couple questions that caught him off guard and he didn't, I don't think he liked how he sounded. So we, so he asked if we could re-record, if we could just throw out the old one. And so, and I, I was terrified. I don't want to, I didn't want to throw that out, but Tweety's like, you know, it's a matter of trust. And so he asked us to do it. So let's do it. And we'll take him at his word that he'll do it again. And he did. Uh, and he, he did the second interview for us. Uh, he was happier with how he sounded. Honestly, I thought in his first interview, he, uh, I, he did himself more justice because the thing that impressed us about him that I don't, I just don't think Husker fans recognize or realize is how friggin' tough that dude is and how much he didn't say yeah. about what he was going through. He sent us a picture of the of his foot post surgery. Oh, really? And this was a just, this was just another surgery, like well, well, well after his playing career was done, and it was gross as hell. Uh, but <laughs> he uh, he told us like everything that he had gone through. He sort of abbreviated some of that when he did the second interview. I'm like, man, you you gotta let people know, like. Uh, but yeah, he he's uh, he's. Uh, He's a really nice, like, charming guy, and he, like, gave us the time of day twice, which... Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. 
Yeah. And so I, I, I was really proud of that one because I, I felt like, you know, there was some, cause that's the, the I don't know. So we're, I mean, I used to be a journalist, but we don't really consider ourselves journalists on this. We're, we just like to have conversations with people sure. and, uh, you know, Tweedy doesn't really like it when we ask too many questions. He just wants it to be a little bit more free flowing, and and I think you know you can have some really fun, entertaining conversations that way. And I think once people figure out like the first time they talk to us, like who we are and what we're about and what we're doing, and that we're not like trying to get you, uh, like once that once that kind of becomes clear it it, like you can tell the moment like that it clicks in people's brains like oh okay like i remember that moment like when we were talking to christian peter and you could tell like the minute his guard went down uh because like we got him talking about the national championship game against florida state and like he could tell that we were on the same side as, as him on that. Cause like we were talking about it as fans because like, dude, I was, let's see, that was the 93 season. So I would have been in fourth grade and that one, that one just hit me like an arrow to the heart. And I was, and we were just talking to him like that. Cause that was, that's what that game is to us. We're not looking at it as like, we're not looking at it through an objective lens. Uh, and so then, then he starts talking about it in the same emotional sense as, but as a guy who played the game and that was, uh, that was fun. We were also worried that he was going to throw his phone down at that point because (laughs) you could feel the emotion at that point. What, uh, how do you feel about how Scott's doing and the trajectory of the program now? I, I, I mean, it's always too early to judge two years in, especially you know in a rebuild. I just, it amazes me how people can lose their minds so quickly. I mean, is it proven that he'll be the guy to bring Nebraska back to national championships? No, but is it proven otherwise either? No, just like. It feels like so many people want to be right early and they want to get in on it. And th- But, like, if what your right answer is is that he's a failure, it's it's a lot easier to make that happen. You can – it's a lot easier to make that a self-fulfilling prophecy than it is to say – I mean, you, you can't – you can't will – a team to victory as a fan. You just can't. Like I wish we had that power, but we don't. But you can submarine things. You mm. can make things worse, make things difficult on the team and make them difficult for recruiting by howling loudly on the internet about stuff like that. And I just wish we would have a little bit more sense as a fan base sometimes. So so there's no spring practice. I mean, what? how would you guys have handled this spring practice? I mean, do you guys do kind of a – would you have been doing a weekly news recap or what would – how would you have been handling this time as a podcast? I mean, it would depend on if there's anything relevant to talk about. I mean, because, because the tough part about spring is, you know, there's always headlines. But I think we as Nebraska fans have learned – 
a lot of that doesn't mean crap uh, <laughs> until the Correct. rubber meets the road in the season. <laughs> and so I think a lot of Nebraska fans, I mean, they're, they're still, they still want to talk about it, but they're also a little bit immune to a lot of that too. They're like, ah, this again, the, all this positivity. It's amazing, like, the sort of anti-Kool-Aid people are drinking right now. They, they just oh, like, yeah. they want to lower their expectations as much as possible. And then if good things happen, okay, cool. But right now, I mean, or maybe not right now, because everyone's stuck inside and wondering when football will ever happen again. But, like, prior to COVID-19, it felt like uh, the reaction of people was just, uh, I don't know, just burn it all to the ground and then whatever happens to rise from the ashes we'll be happy with yeah the uh the anti-kool-aid folks this off season it's and to your point yeah it has kind of died down right now but it's been intense and kind of off-putting yeah i i mean there's a there's a there's a proper middle ground and i realize 97 percent of people aren't rational um but like there's 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 something between believing going into every season and believing oh yeah we're going to win 17 games even though i know they don't play that many games <laughs> there's there's something between that and like oh well it's just going to be terrible again like just i don't know like find that middle ground guys so what, uh, I mean, do you guys have a, a theory or a, a feeling for how this fall might go? It's just, I mean, honestly, the last few years, there's been a lot of 50-50 games, and I think there will be the same this year, too. Uh, I mean, we've lost a lot of close games over the last three, four, five years, and until we learn to win those, and once we learn to win those, I think it becomes a whole different ball game. The thing we're trying to figure out right now, though, is what does this whole situation with, you know, everything being thrown askew, like, who does that affect? What type of teams does that affect more? I mean, yeah. it, it seems like if you're trying to rebuild, it would probably have a negative effect on a team like that, especially if there are a lot of young new pieces to throw in. Maybe it simplifies things, though, too. But also, I mean, or, or does it affect a team like Iowa, who is known for developing players, like development, development, development? If they don't get to be around each other all that often, does that affect them? Uh, I mean, I think the only safe bet is that, you know, teams like Ohio State and Alabama who have gobs and gobs of talent, they're probably fine. Well, and I just saw that Ohio State is getting a 2,000-yard yeah. career rusher from OU. I'm not sure why he's transferring, but he's going to go play his senior year right away. He can play immediately. At, he's, got, uh, he's got two years of eligibility. It's just like, why Why does this have to happen? <laughs> Man, it, it's oh, it's always a snowball you effect. Play, buddy. It's snowball effect, man. Uh, like, if you're good, you'll. it's going to get a lot easier to be better uh, yet. Um, but, like, if, if there's blood in the water with your program, it, it becomes exponentially harder to get better it's it it all 
it's a, it's a math equation that doesn't favor us over recent years. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and now we haven't, we've got two years, three years consecutively of no bowl practices and uh, now we don't have spring football. I, I assume the practices, you know, assuming that there's a season, I assume that there will be an opportunity to make up the practices in the summertime. And um, so then, so everybody has those opportunities. It's just kind of like smashed together. Um, Which, so, in a way, could help a Nebraska if it happens to be, you know, around the time that like an Omar Manning or a Xavier Betts arrives. Uh, because, oh, sure. Yeah, good point. Because, you know, they... You know, they're potentially going to be counted on to help out this year, but also they don't arrive till late. The difficult part right now, though, is there's a couple dudes uh, trying to get academically eligible who now don't have the support system on campus that they would, uh, whether it be at Bellevue West or at Kilgore Community College. That's it'll be real interesting to see if those guys get eligible. Yeah, there's just it's so hard to to when you don't a you don't know what the future will be uh, and b you don't know you know what cuts which way what cuts the other it's really hard to guess how how this all works out and I saw one person speculating that it might make things harder for Diaco to implement his three four defense at Purdue which gives us a leg up for the first game of the season you know it's it's just it's all guesswork at this point um, yeah that that first game. Well, one, that's that's an important thing. That's an important game anyway. Like, that determines the tone of the season for Nebraska. And it's the first conference game of the season. Like, there's so much right out of the gate. And then yeah. you've got a first-year defensive coordinator at that program and a first-year offensive coordinator at Nebraska going head-to-head. Now I realize Diaco will handle that entire defense, while as, or whereas... Uh, uh, Lubick will not be doing that necessarily for Nebraska, but like, so that was going to be a tone setter for the season anyway. But then once Diaco ends up Purdue, ends up a Purdue, that's almost that's almost like a lose lose proposition for Nebraska because like that's that's a challenging game right out of the shoot that that can determine, like I said, determine the mood of the season. But it's exponentially worse if Nebraska somehow loses to Bob Diaco, like if you think Nebraska (laughs) fans are unreasonable right now, it'll be, it'll be pandemonium. It'll be the most annoying thing. You just stay off the internet if that happens, because that is, Oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you consider how everybody is just chomping at the bit already for sports to return, you know, like just just yeah. think about how rabid people are going to be this fall for the return of football. Um, yeah, and if and if the season is already ruined week one by losing yeah. to Bob friggin Diaco, like <laughs> that's there's 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 that's going to be hard to come back from. Mm-hmm. It's a good point because even the last the last couple of years. I remember having conversations with Justin about how it's like, yeah, you know, we might drop one or two games early on in the season, but maybe we can get the ball rolling, you know, settle into a rhythm after a little while. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot at stake game one this year. Dear God, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate to speak too, like, 
uh, hyperbolically, but yeah, I mean, unless, cause, cause you don't, there's a hard, there's a hard road winning back Nebraska fans after that, because mm-hmm. I mean, we should beat central Michigan, but they'll be salty. I mean, they were, they were in their, uh, they were in their conference championship game. They've right. got Jim McElwain as a coach. So like, unless you come out, if you lose to Purdue, unless you come out and just drum beat central Michigan, <laughs> like that's going to be like, that's going to be hard to still win people back because I mean, uh, it's still a Mac team. Then you follow that up with, an FCS foe, but a really, really good one. So that's kind of yeah. a lose-lose proposition yeah. right there, too. And then you play Cincinnati, which, you know, again, people look at it as, oh, AAC foe, you, you better beat them. But that's a damn good AAC foe. And then you're back into more conference games. Uh, and because everyone has looked at the first part of the season as, well, they better go 7-0 because they're going to finish 0-5. I argue that certain parts, I mean, if you take out, I realize, saying if you take out Ohio State and Penn State that's a pretty big that's a pretty big part of that but say you take out Ohio State and Penn State I'd say that uh those first 5 games for Nebraska are tougher than their last 5 uh in some ways which maybe not tougher but as tough cuz I think I think Iowa's going to take a step back I think Wisconsin's going to take a step back I think they'll both be good but I don't think they'll be as good as they were the last couple of years and and I don't know if I, I think Minnesota will still be solid but I don't think they'll be as good this coming year as they were this past year but then you look like I say at the sort of sneaky competitive nature of a Cincinnati and a Central Michigan and a Purdue and there's just so many unknowns with all those teams I, I mean I, I don't know I I think yeah. <laughs> I think some people will be disappointed by the first half of the season, but if they stick with the team, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised with the back end. Mm. But that's a big if. Yeah. I do think that it's been kind of a readjustment for Nebraska fans though cuz I I just remember the whiplash that our fan base kind of still has from that first loss to Purdue. Like I I think that when Nebraska lost to Purdue that first season, I think a lot of Nebraska fans kind of looked around and said, uh-oh. You mean the first Frost season? I don't think we're good anymore. No, the uh, the first time, uh, oh, what was it? I, I think it Riley? was um, Justin helped me out. I, I know it was the time that I, I came over to your apartment and watched the game with you. It was pre-Frost. Oh. I think it might have been yeah. Riley's first year, yeah, actually. Yeah, I think that was Riley's first year, yeah. Yeah. I just remember when that happened thinking, oh, no, what have we done? <laughs> Yeah, that was that, well. We had an episode. I was in Cape Cod with my wife, so I didn't record the episode that weekend. But Tweedy uh, just had an epic rant after that loss, and mm-hmm. uh, and that that was the one where Demorne Pearsonell stepped on a sprinkler and injured himself. Um, yeah, that was that was a mess. That was a bad bad game, and that that uh, yeah, everything like you like you said, everything felt a little bit different after that and there i feel like there have been about eight different purdue moments uh yeah like all in like there have been since that year there have been so many moments with purdue where you're like oh things still aren't good because like even the next year 
when we beat Purdue in Lincoln, they had just fired their coach, and we kind of struggled with them against an interim coach. And then Frost's first year, you're like, all right, we're going to finally get over the hump uh, back in Lincoln where he's going to get his first win. And Purdue, like, looked pretty damn good against us. And then, and then this past year, all right, cool. We're finally starting to figure things out. We're going to get ready for bowl eligibility here. And then we couldn't score in the red zone uh, at Purdue. And it's just there have been so many moments like that where you're like, oh, Purdue is who makes us realize we're not that good. <laughs> so, Pat, we've, we've been chatting here for, for a half hour. Let's, uh, let's, let's end this on a positive note. Put on your, uh, your, your super fan hat here. Why is Frost the answer for Husker fans? Because he's got experience uh, under everybody. And he's proven that he can recruit, and he's proven that he can adapt to a lot of different things. As long as people don't try and bury him before he's dead, he, he's the guy. He's, and I, he's proven that he can ad- adapt in areas where I wasn't confident that he was going to. Because like, part of... Part of what he was trying to do when he brought over his entire Central Florida staff wasn't to say, like, I'm going to be for... It wasn't because he was just trying to do the whole Bo Pelini buddy-buddy thing and and not, you know, have to do any work with hiring people. It was because he was trying to, he was trying to send a message to the coaching world, hey, you're going to want to work with me at some point. He, he, he brought everybody over knowing that he would have to make a coaching hire at some point. He was looking long game there and and then eventually the time came where some bodies did have to leave and uh he's and I think this year too he's basically got the same eye probably on Eric Chenander. I don't think if Nebraska looks the way they have the last couple of years that Eric Chenander will be there for a fourth year. Um, I, I think I think Frost has a little bit more of a killer instinct than people realize, and uh, he's obviously a very smart guy. So I think uh, I think it's I think it's going to happen, and I will forever think that until there's and and until he's not there. <laughs> well, we agree with you. Yes. He's the guy. It's going to happen. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. It's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know what? It's it's nice to be on a podcast where I'm not getting yelled at. <laughs> uh, hey, Pat, what, uh, let us know where our listeners can find your you guys' stuff. It sounds like you're on a lot of different social media channels. We are. Uh, so uh, if you just search for the Big Red Cobcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any any whatever platform you use, you can find us. Um, and, you know, you can also find us directly on Acast that's, uh, uh, or uh, on Boardwalk Audio. Uh, but uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter. Uh, we're at Big Red Cobcast. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Cobcast. And, you know, if you, want a, uh, if you want a Hawkeye Tears water bottle, you can donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash BigRedCobcast. So basically, if you go to any social media page and search Big Red Cobcast, you're there. 
Uh, basically, yeah. We <laughs> for whatever reason we don't have an Instagram. Uh, maybe we'll change that at some point. But you know, we're uh, we're minor luddites. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> uh, you know, that's why I said minor. We're, cool. We're not complete well, hey, thanks for thanks for being on the show. It's uh, you guys are super active on Twitter. That's where our, I probably have the most interaction with you, and uh, I always get a good chuckle about it out of your posts. And uh, so, definitely commend our followers to check you out. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be in touch, and hopefully, we can tweet each other during some uh, winning football games this fall. That sounds perfect. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Thanks again to Mr. Jansen for joining us on the podcast. Um, that was great. Yeah. It was pretty fun to hear his kind of his take on what it's like to be a Nebraska fan right now. I think that we're I think that we're kind of in the same boat where, you know, he, he was talking about those Central Michigan and Cincinnati games. I think that the fan base right now just has this timidity about mm. every game like I, I don't I don't think that there's anybody who is overlooking any games anymore as Nebraska fans no definitely not so but uh yeah it, it's it's encouraging to hear somebody else kind of saying hey you know what let's let's give Scott Frost his due um let's give him more than just essentially a season and a half to to try to pull this thing together i mean i guess he had two full seasons but it's just (laughs) oh let's let's forget the first half of that first season right (laughs) what what season are you talking about exactly yeah um i was also interesting to hear about all the interviews that they've done i mean i i confess i have not listened to a number of those so uh that's uh i'd love to go back and listen to that taylor martinez interview Mm mm-hmm that has not been. Uh, we've not gone the uh, player, former player interview route. Um, I know some some of the other podcasts out there do that. That's not something we've invested time in. But uh, um, so I'm really curious to hear kind of how they've done it. Sounds like mm-hmm. building that documentary was a really great way to to make some cool connections, and that this podcast has been a neat outgrowth of that. Yeah, and if if you are a big Husker fan, and I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, do go check out that documentary through these gates. I think it's worth your time. So, Mike, uh, we were talking beforehand. Sounds like Central Nebraska Buffalo is still running some of their uh, shipping special. Yeah, specials. Um, they are offering free shipping on orders for over $150. Um, I think that that started right around a week ago. So depending on when you listen to this episode, it still might be like a, a week or two, week and a half that they're still doing that offer. So uh, definitely something you might want to jump on there, um, especially since it seems like we might be spending some additional time indoors these days, having some extra some extra meat on hand to throw into your chili or grill up some bison right. burgers out on the grill in the I mean, backyard when you're getting fresh air. If there's idea. anything that there's more time for these days, it's like taking your time with cooking good things. Yeah. I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like I haven't done many of those extra things this week that we all thought we might do. Part of it is just because I've got three kids and there's so mm. much time spent just keeping, keeping them occupied. And then you get to the end of the night and my wife and I are just kind of like passed out on the couch. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> now what do we do? I think we're going to go to bed. Sure. Um, uh, but anyway, I, I do feel like if there's one thing that there's more time for, it's uh, it's making better food. So 
Uh, I keep, uh, I, I feel terrible saying this. I keep, we keep talking about Leon's gourmet gr- grocer and just good meats. Um, and I live fairly close to Leon's. I ran by it a couple times this morning and I, I've, I need to go in there and get some buffalo. <laughs> well, hey, if not, you can go to their website and place an order and get free shipping. Get a lot of bison. That yep, sounds yep. great. Well, one more time, go check out the Big Red Cobcast on Twitter. That's at Big Red Cobcast. Um, and uh, as Pat shared with us during our discussion, basically search Big Red Cobcast anywhere. You're going to be able to find their stuff. Except Instagram. Except Instagram, just like us, because uh, there's not much to post photos of or videos of when you're doing an audio podcast. <laughs> and you don't have a graphics department. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have yeah. tweeted out or posted a picture of Taylor Martinez's foot, but I'm glad I didn't see oh. that. <laughs> I might text him and see if I can see that. Oh, boy. Don't forward it to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Mike, it's been fun to talk to you. Oh, oh, hey, we, you know, last week we talked about things we were trying to do um, to, to be active and out in the world without actually being in the world, and you did a concert on Facebook on Friday. Yeah, that was fun. And I think I'm going to do another one sometime soon, but no no official announcement yet. I'm going to figure out a, a good time to do it. A good friend of mine is doing it in the same time slot this week, and I don't want to compete with him. I'd rather point people to him. But, yeah, it was awesome. It was super fun. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if anybody checked it out, but you can always go to facebook.com slash Mike Harvat, and you can watch that performance, which has been archived. So thanks for popping in justin i saw your comments while i was playing so that's pretty yeah my my wife and kids we all watched it it was fun yeah here i thought you uh, were gonna mention that we've been encouraged to actually go forward with our star wars podcast (laughs) oh no well we should do that too i think we're going to folks stay tuned um you uh you should put a song here at the end of the uh episode Hmm? maybe i will from yeah I'd listen to it. Sweet. <laughs> did you uh, did you listen to that reply all episode that I told you to listen to? I haven't. I haven't yet. I'm sorry. I just uh, I listened to it with my wife today. It's the second time I've listened to it. I think it, you really enjoy it. It's about. It's definitely one that I'm interested in. Let's just say that. For 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 our listeners out there, this podcast is about a guy who has a song that's stuck in his head, and he goes to Google it to show. He's like. He's with his wife, and she's like, that's not a song. He's like, of course it's a song. It was on the radio a ton. Like, don't you remember this back from the 90s? And so he goes home, he gets on Google, and he can't find it. And there's, like, no trace of a song that he has seared into his memory. Um, and it goes into, like, the recording industry in the 90s, and it you know, talks about uh, memory and faulty memory, and it it's awesome. It's It's really good. So, Sweet. Re- reply all. I don't even remember what episode it is. It's their second. It's within last the last episode. couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. That's my COVID nineteen no spring football recommendation. <laughs> right on. All right. All right. Hey man, go big red. Go big red. And they try to change you if you don't look out, cause they see you coming.
try to break you down If you don't believe me Just take a look around Around at all your friends Hold on tight you come so far Don't throw it out tonight You'll find a better way Is coming down the line In time Ask me if I speak the truth I do I tell Hold on tight you come so far Don't throw it out tonight You'll find a better way Is coming down the line It's Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska.